Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. Well, I'm your running host, Dean Thompson. Seizing opportunities. Are you one of those people that love to seize the opportunity when the time comes along, or do you kind of shy shy away from it? <clears throat> well, we're going to talk about that, and then I'm going to share my misadventures of learning to play the guitar, and then we're going to talk about so many other things. And joining me once again is Run for God founder Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. Well, how was your Turkey Day, Thanksgiving? Well, no turkey. You know, I'm not a turkey eater. Oh yeah. Um, even even when I was eating meat, yeah. I didn't. I, I, now I did eat a it's bunch. It's kind of, of the meat. lesser of the meats to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan of turkey. Yeah. Turkey. Most of the time, it's really hard to cook turkey right where it's not dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, most people overcook it. Yeah, yeah. So we had, but we did have a weenie roast. Um, and that was, uh, yeah, my stomach didn't like me too much after that. So uh, I'm, I'm Being vegan for a few years and then going for a bunch of hot dogs is probably not the right mix. Yeah, not exactly. <laughs> but it's all good. All good. It's that time of year, right? I mean, it's we're, we're all things Christmas now. Yeah. Moving forward. Well, I mean, you know, my you, Christmas tree's way. been up since September. <laughs> yeah. and that's a true story if you're listening. I mean, we, we actually moved into a rental house while we're building and you know, I just conveniently got a mini warehouse that was too small for the Christmas tree to go in there. And I told Holly, I said, well, I guess we just need to put it up. So it's been up literally since September the 1st. And uh, But yeah, we had a good week. We uh, our, our traditional, we always go to Mexico Beach, Florida, yep. down to Holly's parents. And, you know, we do a lot of fishing, eat a lot of oysters, watch Santa come in on the shrimp boat. That's what I was going to say. There's Christmas festivities there. Yeah, and it's uh, – I tell you, that's the cool if – if, if you ever get a chance to go to Mexico Beach on Black Friday at 4 o'clock, you'll see Santa Claus come in on a shrimp boat. And it's the coolest thing. To me, it's a tradition now. I can't imagine being any – I've been there for, gosh, 25 years yeah. now. That – on Black Friday, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's just one of those cool traditions that um, it's a lot of fun. You know, we got nieces and, you know, that are the young age now. But even that's my right. two boys, you know, yeah. you, you still see the excitement in their eyes and they're, you know, 17 and 21 years old. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. How about a Facebook post from last week? Um, some good advice today from uh, Countdown Mary Pavlik Priolo. She says, always, always take your running gear on vacation. You never know when you will get to run in some iconic spots. <laughs> and I'll just echo, always. <laughs> I know sometimes people look at vacation as, well, that's the time that I'm getting away from the normal thing and I'm going to do something different. But Running is supposed to be something that takes us away from sure. the things that drive us crazy. And so why would you take a vacation from the thing that is the vacation? So Yeah, it it's a make, mini vacation every day of our life. That's right. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense how many, not to run. How many kids did we have when we were coaching the triathlon team that we would be talking about the next week and one of them would come up and say, oh, I'm going to be on vacation next week. And we would look at them like, so? Yeah. You, there's not a road you can run on? You know? <laughs> 
but yeah i mean i, I we've joked in the past uh, especially when i was running a lot more than i am now um that we go on vacation we're probably the only family that loses weight when we go on vacation yeah. because you just you got more time and you go run you just run more and you get out more and you do more and uh, so yeah it, yeah you know i've run a hundred miles a week just a few times in my life mm-hmm. i've done it i think five weeks maybe and i think three of those three maybe four of those weeks were in the week between christmas and new year's yeah because you got time yeah right and that's kind of the way vacation is so you've got some time and, and yeah and she brings up this opportunity to run in great places too very often whenever you're on vacation the reason you're there is because you're in a great location sure. so i remember um going debbie and i went to grand canyon in las vegas kind of a split trip there and they're fairly close together and um i remember going out for runs seeing the grand canyon kind of along the rim as you run along the rim is really really cool Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's a different experience than just walking around um and then i remember (laughs) we got to las vegas and we flew into las vegas we got there like midnight and we went out on the strip at midnight and we were looking at each other like Oh, we made a mistake. Yeah, we should not be here. Yeah, and um, it was just, and it was just dirty and nasty, and we were just, man, we were really second guessing ourselves, thinking we shouldn't have done this. Well, the next morning, six o'clock in the morning, I get up in the morning, go for a run, spotless, it, spotless, <laughs> yeah. clean as a whistle. I was so amazed. It's amazing. It's kind of like Disney World. You know, Disney World is kind of the same way. You go at the end of the day, and everything's kind of, but then you go early the next morning. It's like they have magicians in there overnight. just clean it up it's like a whole different world but you know i wouldn't have seen that stark contrast had i not been got up early that morning that next morning of course there's nobody out Mm -mm. in las vegas at 6 a.m except for the people that had been up all night sitting at the slot machine well yeah there's a few of those (laughs) i'm sure but it was uh, it was pretty cool it was pretty cool and i wouldn't have been able to see that if it hadn't have been for running so yeah anytime you go anywhere i remember San Francisco, um, Sturgis, uh, Salt Lake City was a lot of fun on foot running. Um, just lots of interesting places we've been that they're just better when you get a chance to go run. So what do you consider your most epic run ever? Like as far as not not speed, time, anything like that, but destination. Well, that's a good question. I don't know. I really enjoyed that run uh, on the rim of the Grand Canyon. That was that was a lot of fun. And I came to the realization that that um, altitude means something during that run as <laughs> yeah. well. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't know why I remember the the run in Salt Lake City so well. Hmm. Uh, running around Salt Lake City, I mean, it's a it's a typical. Well, I say it's a typical town. It's a smaller town than most sure. big, most cities that you consider big cities. Um, that was fun. Um, running through some big like chicago chicago is a lot of fun to run through you got to be prepared to stop Mm -hmm. you know for cars and things but um chicago is a lot of fun of course you got grant park and so chicago is a great place to run as well Hmm. so i don't know those are some of my favorite places cool what about you we were actually talking about the one last night that stands out to me it's when we went to hawaii and we lane and i took off for a run and we ran up this mountain we just thought it was you know just getting up where we could see but we got up to the top of this mountain and i mean the the view was just incredible i had the picture put up last night i mean it's just one of those views that just you could just sit there for hours and just look but we got to this fence 
and it said uh, U.S. government, no trespassing. <laughs> and it was just a fence around the very top of the mountain. So it's kind of like, you know, the, the very hilltop, maybe five or six acres, was just fenced off. And there was nothing in the fence. I mean, you could see all the way across the fence. And I thought, this is destroying. I mean, there's like video cameras. And I mean, it was obvious. You cross that fence, something bad's going to happen to you. So I get back and I pull up Google Maps. And there, number one, it's kind of blurry. So you couldn't see any detail. But you could tell yeah. that there was a concrete pad right in the middle of Ooh. this area. And the only thing I could tell this is this may be me just going into conspiracy. Well, it's not conspiracy. These really are there. But the only thing I could think it was a missile silo. That's what I would going guess. down it. There was there was a lot of stuff going on under this mountain. Yeah. That you couldn't see. Huh. And uh so we always say we found a we found one of our nuclear missiles up yeah. there. But it was the strangest thing to walk I mean it was yeah. nicely mowed. They kept it mowed. Fence was nice. But there was nothing inside the fence, so you know there was something going on underground. Underground, yeah, so for was, sure. But it was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, well, that's cool. that's the run that sticks out in my mind. What a great story! We had a trivia question from last week. Of all the distances in Olympic track and field events, in which event are the women closest to the men? And we were talking about kind of on a percentage basis, mm-hmm. right? Not not actual time. Um, so I asked this question to Lane and Landon last yeah. night. We we did this last night, and. Uh, they were completely opposite what it actually is. I would have been too. Really? I absolutely would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because we've talked about it on here before where yeah. the longer you go, the closer women are to men. Yeah. He said Lane's first answer was the 10K was the closest. Yeah. But it wasn't. It's no. not. Yeah. 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 Well, it's the 100 meter dash of all things. Um, now, part of that maybe because that 100 meter dash was an outlier there's a lot of speculation about that particular race that there was a strong tailwind that didn't get measured that should have been measured and that no, still to this day nobody has ever really run that fast for the women mm-hmm. and so that may be part of the reason why this is what it is um, but that's that's the answer to the question anyway um and, and of course this post uh, that I found with the, with the information. It was before, you know, recently we've had the marathon and the 5K broken for the mm-hmm. women. And I wondered if it was any closer. And so um, I calculated the marathon at least to see how much closer it was than what it was when I was looking at this chart. And it's 9.14%. So, so it got it, a little closer. It, it, got a, it got a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I, I thought it would have been a lot closer, but nope. Um, and I did think that it was interesting because when you go through the chart here and you look at it, everything is consistently right around 10% mm-hmm. that, the, that men are faster than women along all distances. Um, now, field, it was different for field events. Field events is a much Well, that goes into wider, a strength, yeah. you know, a pure muscle thing. That's right. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, and that was about 15% on average. But here's some some of the uh, some of the records for the hundred meters. It, the difference was eight point six seven percent. So that was the closest. Yeah. Um, of all the track events, the one that was furthest away was the eight hundred meters, which was ten point nine two percent. And I thought that was interesting because I always thought that that eight hundred meter performance that was that's been around since the eighties um, was such an outlier and so fast. 
and when you look at it compared to the men's, it's actually not. Yeah. Uh, and women don't typically get close to that one. Well, and just to put it in perspective, because I know we're talking percentages, but on the 100 meter, yeah, uh, the times are the men's world record is 9.58. The women's is 10.49. So we're talking less than one second. Yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a blink. It is, it and, is uh, a blink. Yeah. And in 800 meters, though, it's 13 seconds, almost 13 seconds. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a pretty wide gap for for that I would guess. Anyway, they're all you know the two hundred meters is ten percent, four hundred meters nine and a half percent, fifteen hundred meters ten and a half percent. The five k here was ten point seven eight percent, but we know that that's closer now. So, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, and also the um, the marathon um, is is one of the closer ones. So, mm-hmm. and the relays. Uh, the four by one hundred relay was close too. So not only the, I, and I would think <laughs> this sounds this will sound sexist, but the reason why I would think the relays would be closer is because I just figure women are probably more capable of of precise handoffs than men. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. I would think they would be closer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for things like the pole vault, eighteen oh, over eighteen percent difference between the pole vault. And I can't. I look at that, and yes, strength is a, it's both strength and speed. I guess for that mm-hmm. one. So I guess maybe that's why it's compounded mm-hmm. a little bit. But I would have thought that one might be a little bit closer. Um, of course, you can't measure all field events because, like in the shot put, the men and the women they use it. They, they're different, different weights. Yeah, yeah. So you can't compare them apples for apples. But very interesting. Um, and I thought that maybe the reason why the 800 meters, this I thought this was fascinating. The reason why the 800 meters gap was wider than the others was maybe just because it's a different race, right? Mm-hmm. 400, 800 to me are completely separated from all other track events. And, but the 400 was actually much closer than most. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. But it is what it is. It, could it be because... And you may tell me, yeah, they do specialize, but you you hear with women, you hear more about the 400 than you do the 800, or at least I do. Yeah, see, I feel the opposite. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and maybe it's just because the United States has has had a good group of 800-meter runners for a while. Um, But I guess we've had some good 400-meter runners as well. Right. But, Hmm. yeah, just it's – Interesting, though. That, yeah, it that is. There's some uniformity to that, yeah. and uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. Upward Sports equips churches to run self-sustaining sports ministries in their communities. Whether you're a sports fanatic or on staff at a church, Upward Sports will give you all the tools you need to run a first-class sports ministry that allows you to reach families in your community. Upward Sports offers basketball, soccer, flag football, cheerleading, volleyball, baseball, and softball through league and camp offerings. At Upward Sports, we want to help your church make a difference and give you increased opportunities to share the gospel. Learn more today at Upward.org. That's Upward.org. So we're back. Beat you to the punch, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we say at this point every week, submit your story. Well, I was we were going through this week's story last night, and Lane's girlfriend just happened to be in there going through it with us, and she said, 
can I submit a story? And the answer is yes. You don't have to be a Run Club member to submit your story. Now, if you're a Run Club member, your chances of yours going to the front of the line is is much better. But anybody can submit a story. Mm -hmm. And does it have to be about running? No. No. We've done all kinds of stories here. The point is, if you've got a story, whether you think it's great or not, it's a story that somebody needs to hear. You know why? Because it's God's story for your life. And people relate to stories. We see this, you know, we're going through this whole merger and, and everything with Upward. And that's one of the things we talk about so much is people's stories is the bedrock of what we do. So mm-hmm. if you're out there, you're a Run Club member, you're not a Run Club member, maybe you're a walker. We we need those stories. We need every story we get because that's what powers this podcast and so many other things we do here at Run yeah. for God. Your story is the bedrock of what we do. So that's we right. need you to submit your story. That's right. That's right. And you know what? I I, I don't know how this happened. I, I really honestly don't know how this happened. But I got an email from somebody last week said, hey, could you take a look at this particular story that I submitted and just critique it a little bit? She was asking for some some writing critique. Right. right? And so I, I and I told her, yeah, but I don't have that story. Well, then I look in my email and and I found it. So it was there and somehow I missed it, right? So I thought, well, it's a one-off. Somehow I just, I looked over it, whatever. But then I get a message a few days later from somebody else saying, hey, did you get my story back in like August? And I was like, I never got that story. So I go back and I look and sure enough, it's there. And I don't know if it's going into like a spam folder or something, but I have found about, I don't know, four or five stories that I didn't know we had over the past week. And that's fantastic. So we do, Thanksgiving we, we do miracle. have some. It's like a Thanksgiving miracle. <laughs> that's right. Yep. So, uh, so yeah. Well, yeah, if you're out there listening and, and you think you're one of those, shoot us a message. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. For sure. Yeah, we need to check For into sure. that. For sure. Yep. Well, I, there was this, there's a guy, his name is Laszlo Peeringer. Uh, a couple of years ago, he raised $10,000 on a running thing. He did it for childhood hunger and this charity, and it was pretty cool. Well, recently, he raised another $1,500 by setting the record for the most consecutive half marathons. So he ran a half marathon a day, every day for 120 days. Now, when you hear that, you go, well, that doesn't seem like that's all that fantastic, right? And that's what I would think, except that he ran all of these on a treadmill. That's the horrible part. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> 120 uh, half marathons in a row on a treadmill. I would rather you pull my fingernails out one by one <laughs> than do that. That's, that, is a, that is a lot of time on a treadmill. Yeah. Well, and he had, I mean, the Guinness Book of World Records was there, and they had this whole thing set up, and there, there's a lot to go through to get a Guinness, book, uh, Guinness record. Um, and what he said was, and, and I can imagine this to be true, he said the mental side of running oh, yeah. on the treadmill for 120 consecutive days is way tougher than the physical side. Sure. <laughs> um, and I've run half marathons on the treadmill. I can't imagine doing it 120 days in a row. Oh, my goodness. That is insane. Boy. Well, we have a story this week from Hope Reagan. Um, her, fa- her story is called Family Matters. Don't run out of time. Here's a story I wrote in 2014 when my son was in high school. 
an oldie but a goodie. I'm sitting at my desk. It's 5.45 p.m. and I have no idea what I need to do next. My email is 12 inches deep. Do I need to stay at work and finish returning emails? Do I need to go home and cook dinner for my family? I missed my workout earlier this week and I would really like to go work out tonight. My son Luke has a track meet tonight. Should I go to his meet since I have not been able to attend one this season? I have no idea what I need to do, but I need to make up my mind right now. I chose to go to my son's track meet. Thank the Lord I did because he placed first in both his races. Had I not gone, yes, he would have been disappointed, but I would have been heartbroken that I did not get to share that experience with him. Life is about finding balance every day. We have to learn to put our lives into compartments. We get up in the morning and focus on our families, making the most of a morning rush. Then we get to our jobs and we need to do the very best we can to be successful in our careers. At the end of the day, we should turn the office lights out, go home and focus on what's really important. Our family, personal life and our health. The benefits we will gain from finding daily balance in our lives are so rewarding. Picture my son down on the starting block about to run his race. He turns around and waves at me saying, Mom, he was making sure I was watching. After he won the race, he runs to the stands and calls me down to the track. Me, his mom. We high five each other and cherish the moment. In 20 years, I will not remember all those work emails, but I will never forget my son turning around on the starting block and waving at me, his mom. Don't miss out on opportunities to seize the moment with your family. Count your blessings and give thanks for those special moments. I love this story. It's so true, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is easy to miss things. Yeah. Because we get busy. And I'm guilty. Um, and I'm sure this will convict a lot of people. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of people listening. Well, to and, you know, it kind of got me to thinking. We, we talked about this some last night. You know, <clears throat> I was listening to a – I'm trying to remember if it was a podcast, but it was it was Dr. John Deloney. He's one of the guys – he's one of the Ramsey personalities. And he's their um, psychiatrist guy. He does all the – mental side of things and he was talking about family and how um, so many times and it's true we 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 want to have these big events Mm -hmm. to get our quality family time in and he you know whether it's a vacation or it's whatever and he talks about how that makes up only like 0.1 percent of our year but if we if we look at the small things the daily things that it makes up a huge percentage of our year, and I, I think you know I'm I'm kind of I'm in this camp. I'm I'm a stickler for some things because I think it's so important. Because I didn't really have this type of thing growing up, but things like eating at the dinner table together. Um, yeah. I'm I'm my family gets mad at me sometimes because I'm so I'm like, what time are we eating tonight? Well, everybody's like, well, I don't know. I'm like, well, we need to set a time. Yeah. I don't care what time it is, but we need to set a time. You know, our quiet time at night, you know, we all pile up on the bed. If you got a girlfriend, she's coming too, you know. (laughs) Um, Riding in the car together. This is a big one. You know, if if we're going to, say, Chattanooga to eat, it may be more comfortable and easier to take two vehicles. I want to take one. Yeah. I I think those moments 
are so important. And, and it's to her point, it's it's finding those special moments. It doesn't have to be the grand big things. Yeah. It's, and what a what a parallel that is to our walk with Christ. Yeah, because so many times we fall into the trap of I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get closer to the Lord at that next revival coming up at church. Yeah, I'm gonna you know this Sunday um, I'm turning things around, but that's not where it's at. Yeah, it's on our daily. It's in the small. It's in the mm. car ride. It's in the dinner. It's metaphorically. For what I was just talking about, it's the it's the bowing your head, not bowing your head, talking to God on your way to work. Yeah, don't bow your head. Yeah, <laughs> in the car on your way to work. But it's it's the it's the moments that are not the big events is where our relationship is built. Well, and that's what this was right here, right? Yeah, she's exactly. going to a, a mundane track meet. She's just going Absolutely. to a track meet. She's just supporting her son, be, you know, because that's what we do and we enjoy it. But mm-hmm. it's just going to watch a track meet. And it became something way bigger than that. Right. And that's how our relationship is so many times. You know, I, I looked at my boys last night because we read this story as a family last night. And I said, I never saw you turn around and get your mom's attention to our track meets. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, that's, that is. That was cool that he did that. Yeah, you know that, and and that she knows that was one of those. I don't know. That was a pretty special moment for her. Yeah, I can tell. I'm sure. Like she said, she'll never forget it. Yeah. Now, one of the things that's in here, though, he she talks about compartmentalizing, mm-hmm. and of course, I remember the story mm-hmm. that we had in the first pancakes and waffles. Pancakes and waffles, yeah. right? Explain that story because that's that's different than what she's saying here, right? Well, it's talking about our it's talking about our walk with Christ and how you know so many so many of us we want to be a waffle. We want to have our, our spiritual compartment. We want to have our work compartment. We want to have our leisure compartment, our friends compartment. And that's what we try to do. That's the definition of putting God in a box. It's putting him in that compartment on that waffle. But the love of Christ should flow over everything like it does a pancake. When you pour syrup on a pancake, it doesn't go into compartments. Mm-hmm. It just goes all over the pancake. And yeah, you're right. We had a story about this in the very first edition of, of Run for God. And it, it was the the point was we need to allow Christ to flow over us like syrup on a pancake. Yeah. It needs to go Christ needs to go into our family. It needs to go into our hobbies. It needs to go if it doesn't, that's where you get in trouble. Yep. That's where the that's where the enemy will sneak in and say, No, this is mine. God can have everything else, but this one is mine. And the danger is when you do that. That one compartment can ruin your life. Yeah, it, it, it can poison everything around you. So, yeah, cut cut the barricades out and let God flow over all of your life. Well, I thought about it from this. This is kind of a political analogy, but but hear me out. It's that, you know, we hear all the time about the separation of church and state, and mm-hmm. there are groups out there trying to make sure that the things that. But but there is nothing in any official document from our country that that talks about the separation of church and state. Mm -hmm. Um, It does say we want to keep the government out of our churches, right? right? And that's important that we do that. Um, But it doesn't say the opposite. Um, And and what what she's talking about here is this this compartmentalization to me is like, and think about it, it's like, it's like the government getting involved in what we do, but what in our in our religion. But what we should do is our religion should be involved in our government. Exactly right. So 
and that's the direction she's i think she's talking about mm-hmm. here is she shouldn't allow work to overtake her personal life and her relationship with christ mm-hmm. but letting her relationship with christ flow into her work completely different mm-hmm. and and We've got it backwards, unfortunately, mm-hmm. <laughs> in our yeah. country right now. Um, but our faith should permeate all that we do, no matter what. Right. And um, yeah, pretty much everything. Psalms one twenty seven three says, "Children are God's love gift; they are heaven's generous reward." I thought we'd read this this whole psalm because it's it's really good and the, the what comes up before it is really good. It says, "Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Hmm. It's a perfect scripture for this story, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the the first three, I'm not going to say verses, the the first three lines build the house, watch over the city, in vain you rise up early. It's basically saying that if God's not part of it, it's in vain. Right. It, it's not saying that what you're doing is in vain. It's saying that if you're doing it without God's direction, it's in vain. Yeah. And that's a, it's a, it's a small, subtle difference, but it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, yeah. And that's this is what for, drives me crazy uh, with our society, back to what I was talking about a few minutes. With our society and the way we are today, um, kids are so important to society sure and and these days we're seeing so many adult things being pushed down on kids sure these days and and i just think there's i mean i think the bible is very very specific on telling us don't do that mm-hmm. and um, but what we're, we're doing a lot of that adults can do crazy things um, we need to take a step back and realize and look at this scripture and realize kids Kids need to be kids, number one. Mm-hmm. But we need to look at kids as the absolute precious gifts that they are. Mm-hmm. And we treat them sometimes like objects, and we have to be really, really careful uh, not to do that. Because mm-hmm. the Bible very clearly tells us not to harm children. Mm-hmm. Um, and in many ways, I'm afraid we're doing that. Sure. And this psalm tells us exactly why. Hebrews three thirteen. But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today. She goes on to say, the Bible tells us that each day gives us a new opportunity to make progress. God says that his mercies are new every morning. I think it's funny how it says, exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today. Well, guess what that means? That means all the time. That's right. Yeah, I mean, this is so, and especially it seems like it's getting worse and worse, and my old man... I'm probably sounding like an old man coming out here, but it's, and I, I fall into this trap. It's like we look for the negative and mm. in, in, in society. It's, it's, and I don't know if that's a social media thing or that's, maybe that's just the way it's always been. It doesn't feel like it, but I have to, I have to consciously make myself look for the positive, look for the, look for the silver lining as you, you we heard it growing up um, and part there. Yeah. And, because when you talk negative about other things, it 
it brings you down in the process. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, I, this is where I struggle some. I do have to look for the positive because I, I tend to go to the negative, and that's that's wrong. Well, and that's human nature. And that's what this, if you read the, the verses around mm-hmm. this scripture, it, it's talking about the reason why we need to exhort one another, to uplift one another. The reason we need to do that is because we need to keep ourselves away from sin. Sure. And that's what keeps us away from those things. Mm-hmm. Our mind, our human brains, our atomistic nature makes us want to go towards those negative things. Right. And we need each other to keep ourselves away from sure. those things. Um because yes, can we do it with just us and God? Yes, but we're supposed to be helping one another on this journey. It's so, so important. Ephesians five fifteen and 16, be very careful then how you live, making the most of every opportunity. She says, when raising my two kiddos who are now young adults, I always tried to look for those special everyday moments in life, a time to stop, a time to look at what's going on around me and a time to seize that moment. Hmm. That's what that verse is saying, right? Seize the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let the opportunities pass you by. Uh, you know, I, I've talked before about this, this idea that I had a guy that I had, man, I wanted to beat him so bad and it was years years i chased him and chased him i don't know how many times i I finished exactly 12 seconds behind him but it it happened over and over and over again and i remember being in a a particular race it was a 10k and i was i was we were at the four four mile mark and so going into the fifth mile i was only three seconds behind him or no i was i was like eight seconds behind him at that point and i was like this is my opportunity if if i don't try it now Mm -hmm. i'm never it's never going to happen, right? I just have to, I have to go for it. And I was hurting. It was like, I don't have the energy to go try to run somebody down in the middle of this race. But we did, but I did. And that fifth mile was our fastest mile of the race. And I ran and I got to within a few seconds of him. He wound up beating me in that race. But the point is, is that I recognized mm-hmm. that there was this opportunity in front of me. And if I don't take it now, I may never get another chance. Mm-hmm. Now, as it turns out, I got a chance a few weeks later. Um, I remember that race. And, and what year was that? Oh, my goodness. 14, 15? Uh, I was later than that. Was it? it? Was, yeah, probably 18. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. At least 16 to 18, I'd okay. say. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I did finish um, 11 seconds back that day. So I was one second closer. <laughs> it was totally worth it. Uh, but it only happened because I made that decision. Otherwise, if I would have just laid back, I probably would have finished further behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, when you, whenever we have an opportunity in front of us and we don't know if we're going to get that chance again, if you're talking about you got that lost friend who you've been looking for that opportunity to share Christ with them, as soon as that opportunity gets there, you need to be ready to seize that moment because mm-hmm. you don't know. Now, in my case, in this race, yes, I, I wound up having another opportunity later, but it could have been very possible that I'd never got that opportunity again, mm-hmm. right? You never know when you're gonna get another opportunity. Um, so you, you, have to, you have to seize the moment. And, and talk about lifting people up. You know, I can remember there being a few times, in particular, you and I, where you, you, you you can tell when I'm, I've got something else on my mind and mm-hmm. I'm not. And there have been several times where you're like, man, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Something's going on. Something's bothering you. And, um, you know, that's, that's doing both things, right? That's, first of all, seizing the moment, but mm-hmm. also going, hey, man, listen, 
I care mm-hmm. and I don't like to see you like this. Let's yeah. <laughs> and of course it turns your whole countenance around and that's so simple, right? Yeah. Just noticing uh, that somebody, I, I, I smile a lot when I'm out in public and if I'm ever out in public and I'm not smiling, people notice <laughs> and they'll comment on it. Yeah. Why aren't you smiling? Yeah. And that's a good thing Yeah. because they're, they're, they're lifting me up in, the, in those moments. It's important. Question. Life is filled with opportunities. Now, what we do with them is the big question. Do we let them slip by saying maybe next time or do we seize them? So we parked on this question for a little while last night because I, I went around um, and I asked everybody, are, are you a in the moment person or are you not? And I've come to the realization and I'm, I'm trying to work on this. I think we've talked about this on this podcast before. I have a problem with if it's a moment, you know, maybe it's, you know, it's a doing good in a race. Let's use an example. Why is it that when we do good in a race, you cross that finish line, you've set a PR, you've done whatever you want to do. It's something you've been working towards for a long time. And we get it. But almost immediately, at least for me, I'm on to the next thing. Even mm-hmm. even before maybe, and I'm using this metaphorically, but maybe even before you cross that finish line, I've got this in the bag. What am I going to do next? Yeah. Why is it that we do that in the moments of triumph? But if it's a moment of defeat, we will let that stay with us for weeks. Yeah. That's true. We'll we'll live. We'll wallow in that moment for weeks. But had it been had it been the other shoe, we would move on quickly past it. And I, I don't know why that is. And I think that's a personality thing a lot of times because, you know, like like Landon, for instance, Landon is always in the moment. It's one thing I admire about him. Yep, he is not going to get out. And and I think you can have extremes on both sides. You sure. know, I think you need to be a little forward thinking because if you don't it's just it's just not planning mm-hmm. but you can also be me where i'm just always thinking ahead i'm i'm never here yeah. a lot of times and my wife even makes the comments sometimes she's just like she'll snap her fingers at me here <laughs> you're not here yeah and and it's because my my brain is already two hours ahead yep. what are we doing then and so i think it's a good balance i think you can be it can be bad on both ends of that spectrum, like most things. Um, but finding that balance is something you have to be intentional about. I've used the example, and I used the example last night. We've got some really good friends that that we go to dinner with. We'll go to dinner at their house, and they'll come to dinner at our house. And and especially when we lived closer to them, you know, we would have dinner, and I would be thinking about something at the house. And, yeah. and as soon as I got done eating, I would go and, and be doing things at the house where I just need to stay there. I mean, yeah. these are the people we love. They're our friends. And, and but that takes, that takes intentionality does, to do yeah. that. And um, I don't know. I need a little more Landon, but I think Landon needs a little more me. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, you know, it's a give and take. Yeah, there's definitely a balance there. And, and we have to be ready when uh, – being ready to seize the moment mm-hmm. a lot of times and be in the moment takes some preparation 
to be ready for being in the mm-hmm. moment, right? So when the kids cross country team was training for the state meet this year mm-hmm. um, and their region meet, both of those courses have a ton of turns in them, just like tons of them. And of course, at the state meet, there's some sharp uphills and, and, and things and it's just it's a disruptor right mm-hmm. a lot of times a lot of times you run a race on the road and things flow you know sure from mile to mile it doesn't do that in a lot of cross-country races and these two in particular were that way well in order for those kids to be able to 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 seize the moment and to handle that day what they needed to do was they needed to practice those kinds of things and so we did some workouts where we very specifically ran around sharp turns fast Mm -hmm. so that they were ready to run fast around sharp turns and of course consequently the last couple of years we've done that and our teams have done really really well Mm -hmm. because they're ready for it so there is some preparation in being ready to seize the moment when the moment comes too right yeah yeah i always joke you know i think i've said this on here but you know we're we're kind of what we're kind of talking about is spontaneity yeah you know it's it's being in the moment doing what but i've always joked and said i plan spontaneity yeah and that's it's wrong it really is it's you know i joke about it sometimes but it's it's you shouldn't live your life that way all the time yeah yeah another question i'm a morning person so this is a fun verse ecclesiastes 11 tells us plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon for you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another or maybe both so i have a critique of this question yeah. It's not a question. It's not a question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we read it last night and I was like, am I missing something here? No, this isn't there's no a question. question. She works in another scripture state. reference it's, there yeah, instead. Yeah. 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 But it's a good reference. It is. Yeah. Uh, it, it's all about being industrious with your time and using it, you know, again, to prepare for opportunities to come. Um, you're really good at that. You just you just talked about it. You know, you're always thinking ahead. And you're always figuring out a way to make things a little bit better when we have, we, we do it where races, you're always thinking about something to make things a little bit better right but there's industrious and then there's a busybody. yes where you just have to be busy for the sake of being busy and that that is where you start to step into the wrong territory yeah 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 and I, i'm of course i i don't know i, I feel like I, i'm way more in the moment obviously mm-hmm. you know um but that gets me in trouble sometimes because then i'm not ready for <laughs> um that's why we got each other going up that's it that's that must be it that must be it so last question what opportunities do you need to seize today well we really have it right in front of us right with this whole upward Mm -hmm. thing um i mean the 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 opportunity that we have right in front of us is so tremendous and um i've been working on training plans Mm mm-hmm for you know in in the past we've had a number of training plans out there for different well we're we're adding to that broadening that broadening that um there's always been this this want uh this uh, people asking well what if all i want to do is i just want to run and i don't i just kind of want to maintenance i just want to keep my fitness level up but i don't really want to train for a particular race or whatever well we're gonna have a training plan for that now Mm -hmm. um and what the reason that came up is because this is an opportunity yeah. This is an opportunity for us to to do something new and different and bright, and that's that's what we're doing, trying to seize that opportunity. I'm so excited. Yeah, you know, as of this recording, the the podcast talking about the name change um, was released this mm-hmm. morning, 
and that that's one of those opportunities we we came to a crossroads and and we we had to make a decision and we chose and mm-hmm. we feel it's for the right reasons we mm-hmm. in fact i know it's for the right reasons you know you right now you're wearing a run for god shirt i'm wearing an upward running shirt and and that's that's going to be the balance for the next multiple months you know yeah. it's it's going to morph into upward running but we saw what, what the reason behind that is we saw an opportunity in front of us to really expand what we do to capitalize on the platform of upward sports mm-hmm. which is an enormous platform and we saw that it's it's going to be great for this ministry our ministry is going to be great for their ministry and so all these things, and I hope people hear me when I say there's so many things that went into this decision. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't just a flippant, oh, let's change the name. No, that is not what it was. If you listened to the podcast that released this morning, which would be episode 190, 190? 192. No, the the one that released this morning, one with Kevin. Yeah, 192. Okay. Um, go back and listen to that. Yeah. You'll, you'll hear the heart behind what's going on Mm -hmm. and it's it's probably the biggest opportunity as a ministry that we've ever had yep and we chose to seize it yep and and we have no doubt that god is going to do things with this decision that we can't even imagine right now Mm -hmm. like you're making these training plans and you know we've got training plans for the maintenance we got training plans for the boston qualifier hopeful we've got training plans for the walker the intermediate walker the advanced runner, the beginner runner. I mean, we don't even know who all these people are yet that's, that's going right. to be in these training plans, but we know there's a need. And we know there's a need because God clearly guided us to where we're at right now. And I just thank God we had the clarity of mind to seize it. Yep, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run For God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. All right, we're back. You know, we don't like to talk about these things much, but there was a really serious incident earlier this month in uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa. Uh, If you know who Martha McSally is, she was a U.S. senator for uh, the state of Arizona at one time, and she was in Council Bluffs, Iowa. And a guy came up behind her and grabbed her in a bear hug and just physically groped her. While she was out on a run. While she was out on a run. Yes, I didn't say that. I should have said that. Um, but see, yeah, she's out on a run, and this guy just runs up behind her and grabs her. Uh, now, Martha McSally, being a former military lady, um, kind of turned the tables on him, and she actually wound up running after him and calling nine one one while she's running after him. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, but obviously, that problem could have been worse, yeah. right? Um, if she wasn't ex-military, and um, she was there uh, 
as a former military person, slated to speak on courage the next day. And here she was. <laughs> what, a, what a story for that next day, right? Um, the guy picked the wrong lady, though. Um, but I, I say all that to say, be careful out there. You know, again, this turned out okay, but, uh, and they arrested the man the next day. Um, but I really think that women should go to self-defense training classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's a good idea. I hope you'll never need it. <clears throat> most of most people won't ever need it, right? But it's a good idea just in case. Um, and of course, be careful when you run. Um, again, I don't know where she was running, if this was a shady place or it wasn't a shady place, but here's a few things to keep in mind. I found this on uh, the Marathon Training Academy, and I thought we would just, I'd share these. This is what they say we should do. Number one, tell somebody where you're going and when you'll be back. If you can run with a partner, then run with a partner. Um, Number two, wear some form of ID. You know, you got the road ID things is is Mm -hmm. a great idea. Put your driver's license in your pocket. Carry your cell phone some way. Keep some ID on you just in case something crazy happens. And that's that's been useful a number of times with runners. Um, Number three, be visible. Um, in low light conditions, things like white, yellow, and fluorescent orange are best. In addition, a reflective vest, arm or leg bands, headlamp, um, or hand show lights can be helpful. So just making sure that you're visible is really important. Number four, vary your route and routine. Mm. Um, a lot of times, if you go out and you run the exact same thing every day or these three particular days a week, you get into that routine and people know you're going to be running by at a certain time. And on that one, because it doesn't say it on down, be careful. I mean, I, we all love to post workouts. Yeah. But be careful about, just be careful with that because you can pick up on patterns yep. by seeing people's online posts. That's right. Yeah. So if you post one every once in a while, not, yeah. no, no big deal. There's nothing anybody can learn from that. But if right. you're posting every workout, yeah. it, you, your patterns. You know, there on. used to be one of the platforms. I don't know if it was Garmin or Strava or who it was. And I think it was quickly removed because the first time I saw it, I was like, this is insane. You could post a live tracker. Yeah. Of, And, and I'll never forget, it was, a, it was a Run Club member that I, I reached out to. And I said, you may want to rethink this. But... She started it, and at any time on her run, you could click and see exactly where she was at. I don't know. I just thought that was about it. I think that feature is now gone. Is it? Um, yeah. Because that, to me, that's just not a good idea. That's not a good idea. Yeah. If you need a, if you need your spouse to know where you are, then they, they you got other tracking things. But it's not use. on. But it's Facebook not, for everybody. It's, yeah, it's not there for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good idea. Uh, number five, run against traffic. Um, always be prepared to move over for traffic. Uh, try to make eye contact with the driver to make sure they see you. Don't assume cars can see you. Uh, they could be texting, picking something up, putting on makeup, or any number of things that can distract them. So be careful running against traffic and make sure you're ready to get out of the way at any second. Number six, stay alert and aware. Notice your environment and the people in the cars that are around you. Um, follow your intu- intuition. If your gut is telling you to avoid a spot, avoid that spot. Mm-hmm. Very often, our intuition um, will will. Put, and, and if you're wrong, so what? Yeah, you added a hundred yards to your run. So what? Right. <laughs> That's just extra training. Um, 
Number seven, don't wear bo- both earphones. Make sure you can hear. That's why I wear the bone conduction headphones when I listen to stuff when I'm running because then I can hear stuff that's going on around me. So be be careful of that. Please don't put, don't have both of your ears. Yeah, covered. and even the the uh, the Apple earbuds now have a transparency mode. Yeah, which basically makes them like that bone conductor. Do you know, don't don't do the noise cancellation because you can't hear nothing. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, number eight, if the same car drives past you more than once, get the license plate number and car description and make it obvious that you see the car, but keep your distance. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, very often, a lot of times what I do, <laughs> I know this sounds terrible. I don't know how's it going to sound when I say it out loud. If a car comes by me and he's driving dangerous, I will stop my run and I will turn around. I'll pull my phone out of my pocket and act like I'm putting in their their license plate number. I'm not doing it, but I'm acting like I am. Yeah. <laughs> because I want them to think that I'm going to report them to the police so right. that they won't do it again next time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number nine, if you are confronted, run toward a more populated area. Um, generally, there's safety in numbers. So you want to um, don't, you know, if, if somebody's, verbally assaulting you ignore them please don't talk back to people Mm -hmm. who who talk to you um don't panic and just keep running uh number 10 do not stop to approach a car to give directions if somebody tries to stop you to give the directions for something it is a good idea to just keep running Mm-hmm. And just tell, just say I I don't know I'm not familiar or something, but just keep running and don't don't stop and give directions because that's that gives people the opportunity. Uh, and then finally, consider carrying a self defense product. Um, and of course, that's after checking state and local laws. I know some things are are illegal to carry in some places. Um, you know whether it's pepper spray or mace. Um, mm-hmm. You know something that you can carry with you that will help you uh, if, if something happens. And that's good to have. Even for dogs, you yeah. Know, yeah, dogs or animals that may mm-hmm. be out there, yeah. You get a super aggressive dog, and yeah. Now, and this goes for men too. I mean, we're talking about women, but this goes for men too. Men need to be careful as well because you never know what's what's going on. We a lot of times we think we're tough and mm-hmm. indestructible, and we can, but that's well. I've all, I used to tell the kids, you know, on the tri team, you know, it. So many times it's, you know, it's it's hard when somebody comes by and they're yelling and screaming, and I say, but. You got to understand it's it's not a fight between you and the person in the car. It's a fight between you and a car. And yeah. You're going to lose every time. That's right. So don't engage. That's exactly right. Yeah. Now again, I just I want to stress this because I think this is important. These are just in case. These these occasions are extremely rare. Please Very, don't yeah. don't don't not do things because you're so afraid all the time. Sure. That's uh, that's what we don't want to happen. Uh, but but just be smart. Mm-hmm. All right, it's a time for Dean's Thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, I tried to learn how to play guitar at one time in my life, and it didn't go amazing. (laughs) This one's called Playing Guitar. Many years ago, I decided I wanted to learn how to play the guitar. I didn't have access to the internet or anyone who could teach me how to play, but how hard could it be, right? I found some resources and noticed that they all started at a very basic level. Learning where the notes were, how to place your hands on the strings for chords and things like that. They suggested playing scales and doing very basic repetitive things to learn how to play. Of course, I rejected most of it and just wanted to learn how to play some songs that I knew. 
I learned snippets of a few songs and then realized that it didn't help me to learn 15 seconds of a song and not understand why I was doing what I was doing. I gave up and focused on something else. I was not prepared to take the necessary time to go through the basics before getting to the good stuff. I wanted to know how to play songs on the guitar, not obsess over chords and scales. The same thing happens all the time with running. People want to know how to run faster, but they don't want to hear the truth about how to do it. The truth is that it is a slow process of hard work. I will admit there are some exceptions to both the guitar and running. My grandfather learned how to play the guitar in a few months. It turned out that he had a special talent for it. The first time I ran a mile for time, I ran it pretty fast. I had a natural talent for it. But those are the exceptions, not the rule. I tried to force myself into being an exception on a guitar, and it didn't work. If you want to be a better runner, it takes consistent hard work over months and years. Don't be discouraged by the reality that it will take some determination to reach your goals, because here is the important truth. There is joy in the toil it takes to get there. I was able to teach myself to play the introduction to Stairway to Heaven. I thought it was pretty cool. But what I didn't realize is how much better it would have been had I understood what I was doing. You see, I couldn't apply any of it to anything else I might want to learn. My grandfather learned how to play the guitar, and because he understood how to play, he could play anything that had strings. Learning the proper way to do it not only helped him be able to do it better, but it led to other opportunities. When you learn how to run better, you'll find that those skills will help you with lots of other things in your life. For example, when you learn how to really push your body past what you ever thought possible, it opens your mind to other things you may have never thought possible. There is value in learning the basics, working hard toward a goal, and reaching that goal. In other words, the journey can be great if you let it. When I tried to learn the guitar, I didn't have a journey. It was a lot like the guy who's a pretty good athlete who decides he's going to run a 5K. He runs the 5K and then is so sore that he can't walk the next day. Consequently, running must not be for him. (laughs) Don't be that guy. 1 Corinthians 3.2 says, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. Paul is telling the church of Corinth that what they had just become, that, that when they had just become Christians, they couldn't handle the in-depth theology they thought they wanted to learn. First, they needed to start with the basics, like when a baby is not ready for solid food and must drink milk. But God wants us to mature into meat eaters and the journey to meat eater is full of tough lessons hard truths and trials of life there are no shortcuts when it comes to learning the guitar learning to run or becoming a mature christian but instead of dreading the work it takes to become proficient at anything we should not only enjoy the journey but fully embrace all the hardship that comes with it that's how we grow Hmm. great story dean have you ever tried to learn to play a musical instrument? Yeah, what you didn't know when you wrote this is I was I was exactly like you. Is except right? except I got an insult lobbed my way in the process. So Lane was 10, 11 maybe, and he said he wanted to learn to play the guitar. So what do I do? I've always wanted to learn, not learn how to play the guitar. I've always wanted to play cool songs. Yep. So I went out and I bought me – a Yamaha guitar, nice guitar, 
and I bought Lane a kid's guitar, a kid's cheap Kmart. Is Kmart even still around? I, don't I can't know. believe I just said that. Walmart, <laughs> whatever. Bought him a cheap guitar, and we were going to do these lessons together. So we went to a guy here in town, um, really accomplished musician, and, and he was going to teach me and Lane how to play. Dean, I'm not kidding. Third lesson. And the guy looked at me and he said, I think you need to give him that guitar and you just kind of sit there and listen. And I was like, I was so insulted. I was like, what? But he saw that all I wanted to do was learn how to play whatever, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. I didn't care anything about learning. Well, fast forward 10 years. Lane's playing in the praise band. Lane can play the electric, the bass, the acoustic. He can strum. He can finger pick. He can do all of it. He gave lessons. Guitar he, lessons. He gave lessons. Guitar lessons. Why? Because he 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 was teachable in yep. those early years, and he learned why you do what you do. What can I do on a guitar now? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> and so it's just it's just back up that your story is dead on. And but the point is. We do this in so many areas of our life, and the areas that really matter. Guitar really doesn't matter. But to your point, so many new Christians, they want to learn the lyrics to the most complicated guitar song when they need to learn how to play a G chord. Yeah. It's what they need to learn how to do. That's right. And, um, yeah, it's just a – you nailed it on this one. Great job. Yeah. I think about our pianist at church. She's, I mean, she's spectacular. She's so good. The reason why she's so she she like Lane she she composes her own music and and sells her own music. She teaches lessons. She's she knows so much about the basics and um, and that's what makes her. She's so adaptable to everybody else around her. We're so much more valuable mm-hmm. when we're that way, right? So when we we love to have the opportunity to share Christ with others, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's fantastic when we get that opportunity. When you're a new Christian and you want to share Christ with others, you don't know that much. And if you if you spend a lot of time learning all there is and you spend lots of time in the Word, those conversations become so much more rewarding for both you and the person listening, yeah. right? Um, it's just, it's it's so worth it to, uh, to check into it. You know, for me, I mentioned in here, running, running is my thing. You know, I remember that first mile. My first mile I ever ran was on a dirt track I ran 5.33 for my first mile I ever ran timed. And, um, you know, for a lot of people, they'll never run a 5.33 mile as long as they live. Mm-hmm. And I was, a, I guess I was a ninth grader at the time. Um, it was easy for me. I remember mm-hmm. being, when I went to a coaching clinic, I went to the RRCA coaching clinic, and I remember that they, this, and this was before I, I was really doing much coaching, but it all seemed to make sense to me, right? It just, in my mind, the way that training plans flow and things like that, it's, it's just, mm-hmm. it just all makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I realized in that class that I was the outlier. There were, you know, 20, 25 people in this class and we were charged with, you know, making a, a training plan and we did it in kind of groups. And I'm, this other part of my group is like, they're doing, they're, they have these crazy ideas. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, because I didn't realize how, much my brain was oriented toward that a lot of times we don't realize that sure and so whenever you're not uh find somebody who is a lot of times Mm -hmm. that can help you with those things too right 
Would you like to experience the Bible in a different way than you've ever done before? Well, you can join me, Coach Dean, as I read through the entire Bible every day for a full year. You don't want to miss hearing this transplanted Southern boy try to pronounce those biblical names now, do you? It may be good for a laugh. In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run Club to get access. So if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a Walk Through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge tab. Every week, I share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome. And this, this is the reason this week. You get to hang around with the smartest people. You know, I've coached enough runners mm-hmm. to know that runners, by and large, are just smarter people. The, their grades in school, the college and high school athletes, so much better mm-hmm. than average. Uh, it's just you, you're going to have a large group of smart friends if you're a runner. Yeah, and, and yeah, I've heard you say this a lot, but I, I want to add a caveat to that. It's not that smart people make great runners. It's that the, the principles and the discipline that comes from doing a sport like running transcends other areas of your life and improves other areas of your life yep it's it's not that well he's a he's a he's a great runner because he's smart right a lot of times it's he's smart because he does a disciplined activity like running yeah it's a good point it's a good point kind of goes both ways a little bit it does yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah for sure absolutely well it was ncaa championship weekend a week ago and i know you were i was glued glued to the the, tv i'm sure not really (laughs) well the ncaa's never disappoint and this was uh, another great year um this year you had parker valby versus caitlin tuey there was big discussions on who was going to win this year parker valby had already beaten caitlin tuey earlier in the year in the biggest race of the year but the interesting thing about these two ladies is that they have very, very different training philosophies. So Parker Valby is a – she runs like three to four days a week. Mm-hmm. And she does tons and tons of cross-training in between because she's very injury-prone. Caitlin Tuohy is the, is the opposite. She's a kind of a traditional runner, you know, running normal, higher, higher mileage. And um, it's fun to watch those two battle each other knowing that that they have these different philosophies well parker uh really really had one heck of a race i mean she just charged out in the first first k and just opened up this huge lead really early nobody went with her because nobody could mm-hmm. and um, i mean good heavens she it, it was amazing to watch her run um, at one point in time, they run 6K. The women run 6K. At one point in time, she was 20 seconds ahead of second place. Hmm. And that's just incredible. Caitlin Tuohy wound up finishing fifth in this race. And what we found out afterwards was that Caitlin Tuohy was sick. Hmm. But she didn't say it before the race because she didn't want it to sound like an excuse or anything. Um, and it was only her coach later, that a week later, that said, well, she wouldn't tell anybody this, but she was sick. And so um, that was unfortunate. 
Yeah. Uh, but I don't think she could have. I don't think she could have beat her anyway. She was just uh, Parker Valby was just that good. So now we have this thing called Valby Mania <laughs> out there. <laughs> People are just going crazy over uh, Parker Valby. She is the first person to get an NIA deal for cross country um, last year. Uh, NIL deals are the uh, name and likeness mm-hmm. things where um, companies pay these athletes to use their name and likeness in advertisements. Um, and she's she was the first runner, cross country runner, to do mm-hmm. that. Um, I say that first. She was the first. Yeah, I think she was the first woman. I think a couple of men did it from last year's championship. Uh, and then uh, the women's team competition was also just spectacular. Northern Arizona was the number one ranked team. North Carolina State was the number two ranked team, but North Carolina State had won the last two years in a row. So going in, it was going to be a close battle. There were lots of people thinking North Carolina State was going to win, and lots of people thinking Northern Arizona had a good shot at dethroning them. Well, it came two days before the race, and we found out that North Carolina State's number two lady, uh, Kelsey Camille, wasn't going to be able to run in the championship. And so it was like, oh, well, it's done now. Mm-hmm. She, she finished third overall at Nationals last year. And you're like, well, you, miss, you lose that. There's no way. Well, we were wrong. <laughs> the North Carolina State ended up defeating Northern Arizona by one point, 123 to 124. Um, and there were a lot of positions that changed over the last 1K. So it was, it was riveting to, uh, to watch. So that was cool. Um, and of course, Let's Run had a prediction contest uh, where you try to you try to guess the top ten teams and you try to guess the top ten individuals. I got nine out of the top ten individuals on the men's race. Wow! But I got none of them right. I got none of them in the right <laughs> slot. But I, I I I picked the right nine out of ten. Um, so I didn't score a ton of points because I had them in the wrong places. But <laughs> but I picked Kai Robinson to win. He's from Stanford. Um, but he, he wound up third. The guy that wound up winning was uh, Graham Blanks from Harvard. He is the first Ivy League NCAA cross-country championship ever. Hmm. So that was pretty cool. Graham Blanks didn't lose at all this year. I had him picked second. Um, unbelievable talent i mean he just runs away from everybody in the last 1k you could see it they got to 1k and he he, he shot off like a cannon boom mm. he just took off and wow. just ran away from everybody graham blanks is also from athens georgia really yes uh, and you never heard of him have you Mm-mm. he wasn't much in high school i mean he was a good runner in high school but he wasn't somebody that everybody was talking about like you know some you, we have seen a lot of high school athletes in mm-hmm. in georgia where you heard the name over and over again never heard about him hmm. so uh he but he was that good uh so it was cool watching that uh he did the same thing at the nutty comb invitation which is a probably the biggest race of the year so uh that was cool habtum samuel from new mexico was second a freshman um there were a number of freshmen uh three three freshmen i think in the top 10 um and then um, of the top 10, I think only Drew Bosley from Northern Arizona, which happened to be the guy of the 10 that I picked, he was the guy I missed, hmm. was Drew Bosley of Northern Arizona. And he happened to be the only senior in the top 10. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all these, these young, young people. And Northern Arizona has won six of the last seven NCAA championships. They won three, had one year where they finished second, and then they won three more. 
and it was a battle this year between Oklahoma State and Northern Arizona. Well, Oklahoma State absolutely obliterated Northern Arizona. Northern Arizona scored 71 points, which is normally enough to win the NCAA championships, and they still got beat by uh, Oklahoma State scored 49 points. So, I mean, it wasn't even close. Their fifth guy was 15th. So, I mean, that is that is just ridiculous to be that good. Their number one and number two guys are both uh, freshmen. Um, so they're they're around for years to come. They had one senior, and that was the fifth, the guy that was fifteenth. And this tells you how good Northern Arizona and Oklahoma State are compared with everybody else in the country. N- Oklahoma State's number five guy was fifteenth overall. Northern Arizona's number five guy was 25th overall. BYU was the third place team, right? Their first guy came in at 32nd. <laughs> so wow. the first guy for the third place team would not even even scored for the first two teams. Wow. That is incredible. Woo. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting going forward because Northern Arizona is not going to sit back and just let Oklahoma State dominate them. So I'm sure they're they're trying to figure out how to close that gap that they created this year. Um, it should be fun. Uh, so, and here's some really good news for for fans of cross country in general. There were six thousand people, over six thousand people at this race. Um, that is a very high. I know for if you're a f- football fan, you think six thousand people. That's not very many. For a cross-country race, mm-hmm. that's a lot. And it was limited. They actually sold sold out of tickets. Um, so that was a good thing. Um, cross-country seems to be coming, becoming more popular. And it should. It's, it's exciting and yeah. it's fun. And so uh, I'm glad to see that. So this was the most attended NCAA championship in at least the last 10 years, maybe all time. So that was cool. All right. How about a trivia question? Along the lines of that whole discussion, Northern Arizona's six titles only ranked them fourth on the all-time list of most cross-country titles. What men's team has won the most titles? If you know that answer, dean at runforgod.com is the email. Send it to dean at runforgod.com. Be the first one with the correct answer, and you will win $20 off in the Run For God store. So... You don't know the answer to that one, do you? you I don't. Per- is it an obvious answer or no, not? An not answer? as it is to me, but I don't think it is to you. So, okay, uh, yeah. Well, then I probably don't know it. Well, let me leave you with a motivational thought of the week. It comes from Arthur Christopher Benson. He said, "Very often, a change of self is needed more than a change of scene." Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, what's the the saying that kind of goes along with that? If uh, you decide to go somewhere else, you goes with you. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're always looking to change our circumstances, but more often than not, what we really need to change is ourselves. Sure. Yep. Uh, and you know what? God is in that business sure. of changing us. And uh, so if he has not changed you, Go to runforgod.com forward slash peace with God. Mm-hmm. Watch those videos and um, and see what it takes. We had a decision come through this morning. All right. Yeah. It's awesome. It's encouraging. It absolutely is. All right. Any final word? I don't think so. That was a that was a lot of cross country college information. I'm gonna have to digest all that. I now. know it's great, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm giddy over here, you know. Um, I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. Well, until next week, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.